What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to Modern Day Marketer. I am your host, Brett McGrath. I lead marketing at The Juice. Hopefully, you are all off to a really good start. We're going to hit the ground running over here in 2024 and bring a conversation to you that I think will help as you develop those strategies that win the hearts and minds of your audience. So I've got my good friend, Rachel Downey, who is the CEO and founder at Share Your Genius. It's never just a podcast. That's her tagline. And let me tell you, I'm all about that. And I wanted to bring her on the show today to talk about how to develop a media-led growth strategy. She has done an incredible job of collaborating and partnering with like-minded marketers in the space to help extend and to develop the Share Your Genius brand. So we're going to talk about how she's doing that. There's a lot going on over here at The Juice, so I got to get my plugs in. We will be announcing a new event next week. That's a little bit of a teaser. There's going to be an event. We're going to be doing it in January. You're all invited. It's going to be fun, and I want you to be there. We have decided that... We want to keep the momentum rolling around the state of gated versus ungated content report that we dropped at the end of last year. It has been our most engaged piece of content on the juice, and we want to continue the momentum around it. And we're going to be organizing an event that's going to happen in January. More details next week. Also, we've got a product launch coming up on the other side of this. Content summaries. It is going to be a huge value add for our members on the juice to be able to get an abbreviated version of that content don't have the time take a little glance we're using ai it's uh been a updated feature that we're really really excited to launch and share more information and if you like what we're doing over here follow subscribe hit all the buttons most importantly tell a friend that you're enjoying modern day marketer without further ado let's kick it over to the conversation this conversation i feel like is a long time coming and i'm really pumped about it the topic is how to develop a media-led growth strategy the relationship I have with today's guest dates back. Uh, I remember a lot of conversations in Indianapolis talking marketing, podcasting before podcasting was maybe cool and a lot of other things. But today I'm joined by Rachel Downey. She is the founder and CEO at Share Your Genius. Rachel, welcome. How are you? Hey, Brett. I'm great. Thanks for having me on the show. Really excited for our conversation today. So I think this will play into kind of the topic at hand, but give the back i've 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 seen share your genius in more places than i had before and i think that is the point of today's conversation which is really good but maybe before we jump in for anyone who has not met you gone to your website seen share your genius on linkedin give the skinny on kind of who you are and what you do yeah really simple we believe strongly that every brand uh, needs a media strategy. And we say, start with a podcast. And so people hire us to make that a reality. I love it. And I'm a believer, right? That's what I did here at The Juice is start the strategy uh, with a podcast. And I'm sure we're going to get into it, but maybe we start with the 101. When you think about, uh, we hear that everything's led growth these days. I see content-led growth. I see product-led growth. Um, but now we're talking media-led growth. So how do you position it? What, what are we talking about? 
Yeah. I mean, really media led growth is, is similar to content led growth. It's um, how can I use content to help me further relationships, either by developing net new, nurturing existing, keeping adding value, et cetera, et cetera. And we're just adapting content for what it is now, which has to be media. So it's more than just a video. It's more than just a podcast. It's more than just written text. It is a ecosystem that your company creates and then leverages to reach specific objectives. Do you find that people who jump into media-led growth are doing it because they're finding the old approach or old go-to-market strategy isn't working anymore and they're looking for something fresh? Is it something different? Like, what are you hearing? So I think the reality is, and I, I always, I pause here because I feel like the reality has always been the reality. It's just getting a bigger voice. Um, and so what that reality is, is like, you have to do more with less. And I think people are really feeling that from a budget perspective. And they, I think we're also from a more or less perspective, we're dealing with a ton of distractions. And so when you're dealing with a ton of distractions, you have to get really focused. And so doing more with less is not always budgets or resource constraints, but it's also focus. Um, and so when we think about this approach to media-led growth, it's giving you a focus for how you create content and how you build out this piece of your go-to-market. Now, does this, uh, me, the way you talk and think about it, does media-led, like how does it incorporate other individuals outside your own brand? Like, is there a, a piece of it that brings in others? Is it just isolated to the brand itself and the brand being a media house? Like, talk to me about that. Yeah. So one of the things that's inherent to taking more of a media approach is it allows you to maximize both your own channels and then channels for distribution. And so when you think about channels for distribution, I think that's ripe for collaborations with other brands or like channel partners. And so when we talk about media-led growth, it really does encompass all of the wonderful things that content-led growth does, that partner-led growth does, et cetera. But you can kind of wrap it under one like focus so that you're getting the biggest impact out of your investment, both time and dollars. Maybe getting jumping quickly over into the partner led, like I've noticed Share Your Genius has been very active with partnering with people who I know and like, who I think are super smart in the space. And my thought is without, you know, digging too far into it, my thought is that you're building and developing these relationships and there's some something mutual in between both of your brands and that's helping you extend out the share your genius brand to more people that's at least what i think and what i'm seeing is that how you're working with partners maybe share some perspective there yeah and i'll even say too and we're talking about this media led growth like none of none of what we spout as marketers is novel it's all like the same things that have been working time and time again, we just have a really good job of putting a new wrapper on it. And that's a gift that we have and potentially a curse because then you're re-educating people on what they already knew. But when we think about media-led growth and things like that, it, I, I mean, I'd like to go back to what more, like more of like what you would imagine as a consumer you're experiencing. And so it's like, how am I being, how am I being like reached on Saturday morning via my phone, via the shows that I'm choosing to stream, the music, the podcast, the content I'm looking to consume on my day to day. And so I like to think about that a lot. And then the partner piece is an is a distribution activator. 
Mm. And so when I think about that, it's like, look, if I were to, let's say, let's just use you for example. And I was like, I really want to sell to Brett. Like that's, I want Brett to know we exist. I want him to like me. I want him to trust me and I want him to buy from me. But you don't know me and you have no way of knowing me, but there are people in your world that you already know, like, and trust. And so why would I not tap in to those people, build a relationship with them and use media to then reach you? Because I already know you're consuming content from that person or that brand or whatever. And so it, it's, it, it, it's none of this is new. It's partner-led or it's influencer or whatever you want to call what I just said. That's what it is. So I want to dig into that one layer deeper and love this. Um, tactically, I think in the past, uh, which is still true today, but I think about like an account-based marketing approach where you marketer works with sales team, they mar- sales team creates a list of top you know 20 accounts, marketers run campaigns to those accounts and hope that they notice a brand and hope that they can attribute that to going over to sales and then sales you know works that opportunity and maybe it closes, maybe it doesn't, who knows. But I hear you talk about this and the strategy and nothing around it's like super innovative and novel, but like there is this element of strategy to it. So if you're being focused and targeted and trying to reach out to a VP of marketing at a a target account with this approach, what is the timeline that you look at to say, is what I'm doing working or potentially working? Like, how are you measuring those activities? So I would I always say give ev- give everything you do six months. Love it. Six months minimum because that's going to give you an opportunity to to work out the kinks, redefine the objectives now that you're in the in the mix of it, um, and then see if you're getting any type of traction. Now I don't mean six months it has to convert. I mean six months of okay this is this is doing something that's creating activity that's going to make give me enough signal to keep investing in this. Uh, I think that's smart. How do you combat the and this is like this is an isolated to media led. I think this is just marketing in general, but would love to hear your take on it. It seems like so many marketers, you mentioned the conditions in the current time. It, it feels like there's more pressure than ever to do more with less, as you mentioned. How does a marketer, if they want to hear, if they're hearing this and they think this is smart and wants to implement this strategy and it's a first thing at their business, how do they set those right appropriate expectations, especially when their boss, investors, and the board are like looking for more immediate results right now. Like, what does that conversation look like? So the first thing I would do is I would back up and and it doesn't matter what position you're in, you have to know the answer to the question. And what the question is, is as a company, what is the most important thing for us to focus on right now? Either quarterly, H1, H2, annually, whatever it is. And most people are going to have one of three things that they say every single time. And it's just going to be whatever season of business that you're in, it matters more. So it's either going to be, we're looking to build our brand right now. We got we to gotta build a brand, build a brand, which means we got to be everywhere. We got to build a brand so that we can attract clients but we and let people know about us. Or we need to build a brand because we need to attract talent. Like So there, I always, I like to separate the two because there's a different approach to take. The other one would be, we need to grow an audience. Like we've, we've, we've attracted some people, they've sort of opted into us, but we're not doing anything with them. Um, and that could be a customer audience that could be employees as an audience. Like it, it doesn't matter. It just has to be yours. And then the third one was like drive demand. Like, no, the only thing that matters right now is pipeline. Like we gotta, we gotta put our, you know, foot on the gas and we got to secure some revenue, whichever one you pick, you have to pick, first of all, 
and you can't say all three, but you pick one and then you design the strategy to support that one so that you're getting the biggest impact quickest based on the outcome you look to achieve. So that's like number one. I'll pause there. And did I? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No. I, so maybe talk about uh, the differences in just approach, strategy, tactics, however you want to take it between, let's say, like, I want to use media led to build and develop brand versus I want to use media led to drive pipeline right now. Like what, how do those look different? Like what sorts of things are we doing in each of those strategies? So if I'm saying, and this is where, this is where, um, this is where I, I struggle transparently because you can accomplish all three. You can accomplish all three with a media led strategy because you are, when you're looking to build demand or build brand and drive demand and grow an audience, it all goes back to building relationships. It all goes back to long-term relationship building and and why you're doing it, what you're creating the people for, what, what you're creating the content for, et cetera, et cetera. But to answer your question more specifically, if I said I need to drive revenue, then I would say, okay, if I'm going to do a media-led strategy that's focused on driving revenue, what are we, how are we going to actually use the media assets, the, the content we're creating to help drive the conversation for sales? Whether that's having our ICP on as guests in video interviews, whether that's capturing objections and recording content that responds to those objections so that my sales team has that, um, whether it's inviting my salespeople into the let's call it content creation process, whether that's inviting prospects on on as guests or being a host so that you're building a relationship with people, whether, or it could look like building up a channel for your BDR. Like what would happen if you started to give your um, sales team personal development or professional development dollars to create their own content that helps build their own brand, that helps build trust, like demand. You get the idea. So it's like, mm. if if demand is my goal, then I'm going to design my programs with that in mind. And I'm probably going to care less about the creativity because I don't need a lot of noise. I just need to be really smart with my time so that I can build bridges to build relationships. Okay. So I, I want to get to the brand side and have you do what you just did with the demand side. But on the brand side, one of the things I would love to get your perspective on is what you mentioned on the gas component and like, okay, let's say I want to start a podcast because I have a topic that I think our market wants to hear more about. And a good way to do that is to invite guests who we want to be the customers to become on the podcast, to share their perspective, to build to do the relationship building thing. And then hopefully they become a customer. I think that is a strategy. Like a lot of people with podcasts will run. I think there's like a right way and there's like a wrong way to do it. Can you share from what you've seen, like maybe what's a good approach versus what's a bad approach when we're focused on demand and we're trying to build relationships with people that we have guests on our show. So this is going to sound really woo-woo, but people know what you want based on how you show up. And so if your energy is really needy and really like desperate, people, people pick up on that. And so if you're developing a show and you're like, I'm going to use this as a way to facilitate conversations with people who could buy from me, the, you have to make it a question, not a, not, a, not, a, uh, not a fact. You don't know if they can buy from you. You don't know if they want to buy from you, but you never do when you're selling. Mm -hmm. And so it's like, if you embrace it, like it's just a conversation with somebody that I need to learn from so that I'm better at my craft, 
then design your show that way and do not at the end of the call, do the bait and switch. Do not turn it into a discovery call. Like that's like, do not do that. Because if they're interested in you, and they will be, by the way, if you've shown genuine interest in them, they will ask you, so what is it that you do? And they may never need you, or they might need you a year from now. And so again, a lot of people are in a position where they're like, well, I have to prove ROI today. And so you have to go, all right, that's more of a longer term strategy that can, that can pay off quickly. But that would be like a risk, not a sure thing. So instead of doing that as your as your primary demand piece, it's a very effective for building a relationship, very, very effective. But if you need to prove out your ROI faster, a better way to use your show is to go back into the archives of people that didn't buy from you but knew about you, that have engaged with your content, that have indicated, ha- have some intent data around them but haven't yet made the, the purchase or whatever. Those are the people you really want to invite on the show. Because they already know you. They probably already like you. They just need to, they just need one more conversation, one more connection, one more emotional reason to kind of say yes. And that's how I would be thinking more about that, that channel and the, and the purpose of the podcast for driving demand in the shorter term. Everybody take notes on that because that I don't know if I've ever heard anyone talk about it from that perspective. And glad I asked the question because that is really good. I'll just share just something after doing personally, after doing so many of these conversations. I believe so much in what Rachel had to share. I would also just layer in on top of it is like always treat those conversations that you have with people as not a right. It it doesn't have to be a right now thing, but it's like you have a bench of people and you're always going to be doing marketing things and you're always going to want them to give them access to those things ahead of time. It's like, I, I create like there, it's like my exclusive list that I'm like sharing with them directly as opposed to anything else. And it's not like I'm sharing it with you because I want you to see a demo right now, but it's, I don't know. I view content very much from a, it's a nurture perspective and it takes a while. So uh, I love what you had to say there. Thanks. So, so maybe jump over to the, the brand component, which I feel like maybe most people are creating podcasts to build and yep. develop brand. Maybe I'm wrong, but share share kind of your thoughts there. No, I, I think, I mean, you're, you're spot on. Most of the time when, when I go through that exercise of I say, well, there's one of three outcomes you want. Which one do you want? Um, everyone says all of them. And then they say, but I guess I would say build brand. But again, the next question I ask that a lot of people don't answer well is I say, awesome. How will you know if you've done it? Mm. They don't know how to answer that. Most people don't know how to answer that. How, I mean, how do you know if you've built, if you have built brand? What would your, what would be your response, Brett? So it's, it's hard to quantify, but I think there are some things that you can evaluate. And some of those things are, uh, so it'd be things like potentially, all right, since I started the show to where I'm at now, what does me, Brett, the host of the show, what does engagement look like? from a LinkedIn perspective, what does newsletter subscribers look like? Because those are things I'm plugging. I think it's also like when you're asking questions to your audience via type form or surveying your customers, like what are those things that they're saying about it? To be honest with you, this is something that like I struggle a lot with um, because I hear this all the time from our team. It's like people really like us. The juice has a good brand. But, you know, maybe we're struggling with X, Y, or Z, and we're trying to figure out how to solve that. And 
in my head, just as the marketer, I'm always just like, man, like, is that enough information that I'm getting from my team or from the market to figure out how do we solution this to create more and better customers? Or is this just a thing that we have to keep pushing forward and eventually the things that we want to have happen will have happened. So not very straightforward, but I think there are some things that uh, non-traditional marketing metrics that you can build that aren't the they're not going to be the same for me and you, but you build it for your business. And those are the things you start measuring against. At least that's what I do at the juice. Yeah. And I think everything you just said is, is there's nothing that you are saying that I would be like challenging you on. Um, the way that we think about it really, really crisply is, and, and we're talking podcast specifically, but the reason it's never just a podcast and it's media led is because of what I'm about to say. A podcast is both a channel and it is content. And so you are standing up a channel, the podcast, because you want to have digital audio as part of your strategy, because you want to use it to have a meeting ground. It's the new way to say that instead of writing a book, you launch a podcast, right? It's, it's, the, it's the beefed up business card in today's world. And, and you can use it, you can use it to build brand if you are doing something that demands attention or like, a, or like calms the distractions, if you will. That's a, that's a, I want something that's out of the box, makes people stop scrolling, et cetera, et cetera. That is hard to sustain. Mm. Not only the, the attention moment of, I just launched this thing and it's different. Look at me. Wow. But it's hard to sustain from a creativity perspective. I mean, there's a reason that some of the best shows only last seven seasons, right? Like they just, you just kind of putter out. So if you think of it though, as also content, which it is, then you tap into the power of creating this media content because you're creating digital audio, you're creating video, you're creating written content, you're creating social assets uniquely designed for specific channels. You're creating all of the things that every little, like every marketer wants when they're thinking about building brands because what they want is their name everywhere. Mm. Because the more you see your name or the more you see the people that you're trying to position as thought leaders, those are the cues that you're growing market awareness. And the way you measure that is exactly your point. From a channel and content perspective, we think about it like high level, how much reach are we getting? You know, what's the what's the top of funnel situation here? What's the reach? What's the downloads? What's the streams? What's the views, et cetera? Engagement, what's happening on the content itself, the long form, but then what's happening on the channels where I post it? So when I post content related or pulled or curated from the show that I did, is it getting more engagement? Nine times out of 10, it is because it's way more conversational. It's way more human, like natural language. It's it's the things like I can tag people that were mentioned. I can tag people that were guests. They're going to share it. All the beautiful things that happen, all the juice that comes out of it, right? And then the conversion piece, to your point, is another way we measure if we're building brand because we're seeing our subscriber numbers go up. So what ends up happening is we go, we're, we're seeing this growth consistently over time. We're seeing our, our reach get higher, our engagement get stronger, and our conversions go deeper, right? And then I say, great, now it's time to grow an audience. What do we need to do there? What are the next signals of how we grow an audience and nurture, et cetera, et cetera? So that was very long-winded. But the, 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 the short summarized version of that is if you're going to use media-led to build brands, the way you have to think about it is what are the channels we're standing up, the podcast, and then what are what is the content that we're going to pull from these channels to fuel our others? 
I have to follow. You mentioned this metric that I think is the most basic generic. Anyone who's starting a podcast might look at this over everything else and probably talk to their boss about it. And that's like the download component. I think it's important at some level. It's certainly not everything, but how do you talk to your customers about that metric? Because it seems like based on the players you're sharing your content through, that's the big metric everyone wants to look at. But I don't think it necessarily tells the whole story. To me, it it barely tells the story at all. Downloads don't define success for several reasons. The primary reason that downloads don't define success is because of the definition of what a download is. So by definition, a download means I've downloaded your podcast file onto my device, right? And that's not how people actually consume content. So in its nature, it's flawed. But the point of it is is the reach that we're getting and how many people are paying attention. What I always anchor clients back to is I say, before you tell me that your download numbers are not successful, I need to understand a couple things about you first. One is when you look at your other content channels, what are your, what is your what is your expectation? What are your other metrics of of performance there? Because a lot of times there's a there's a major disconnect. And so another way to frame that is um, if I were to spend an hour in front of an audience, how many people in that audience make it worth your time? Some people would say fifteen. Some people would say a thousand. Well, there's your barometer of trying to understand like what that success needs to look like from a download perspective. The other thing that I think is interesting is if we anchor back on their outcome, the download also becomes a little less relevant. So like if it's to drive demand, then I care less about the download. Matter of fact, I don't care at all. Um, If it's build brand, I care about the download because I care about the reach, but I'm looking at the reach across all my channels where I'm leveraging this content, not just the podcast channel itself. So again, it's like, it's the, the question is based on a metric that doesn't necessarily create any impact. And so that's why I always anchor back on why are we doing this? It, it sounds like you might you might have done some ob- objection handling regarding the downloads comment <laughs> in your day. <laughs> uh, but agreed. Like, I think I, I think it is it's. It's the whole, you know, quality versus quantity thing that marketers struggle with so often. As we're kind of rounding the corner on this conversation, we we want to build strategies that scale. I think uh, that's pretty natural. You want to make sure that what you're putting together has room for growth. How do how should we be thinking about scaling uh, media led growth strategy, and what 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 kind of things would we incorporate in that, or when we should know that we should scale it or not? So I like to think about media-led as based on a maturity model. And so it's more like, how am I setting up these programs to allow me to stack on them over time? Mm. And so sort of phase one, if you will, would be like launch and workflow. So really establishing like, what is our right fit workflow for the main media product that we've launched? And that's probably a video or a podcast, right? Like that's really what I'm thinking about there. And then what are the signals of growth that we need to pay attention to so that we can stack on our next product, if you will, or our next offering, if you will. And so that's how I think about those pieces. But it's not like I always get challenged with this question because great content doesn't scale. Mm. But 
you can create systems that allow you to get the most out of the content that you're creating. That's that's what I really struggle with. And then that's also where you start to tap into partners because they can help you scale your media by sharing it, by helping distribute it, by coming on your show and helping get more people get more people's eyes on it and things like that. But great content alone is not something where marketers should be like, how do I scale this? That's not what they need to do. Uh, how do you think about usually the 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 show host, not it's I would say typically not always, but it's usually like the marketer who's like facilitating, who's trying to run the show, start a media-led strategy. Um, I think about scaling from the perspective of like incorporating other members of the team to become voices, whether it's through the podcast, through LinkedIn or whatever. And it's super challenging because not everyone thinks like a marketer does, but how do you think about that from a, a media perspective? Is it, is there, are there things the marketer can do to start getting other people involved in their content? And is that a good idea? Yeah, I think it's a great idea. And I think it's, it's the way more media teams need to go. I almost said media teams. Maybe that's a thing. Um, it's the way more teams should go. And, and the reason why is because the more sort of voices and faces of the brand, the more like likable you're going to be and the more opportunities you're going to have for the company itself to grow. And so what I would do is I would be focusing on creating thought leadership strategies for each SME, for each mm. person you're trying to stand up. Um, because frankly, like the thing that I think a lot of people miss is giving that talent the coaching and the resources that they need. So like, and the other thing to think about there is like, your the content pillars for like Brett as an individual are going to be different than the content pillars for the juice. The content pillars for me are different than the content pillars for Sherry Genius. Is there some overlap? Duh. But there's other pieces of it that I can bring to the party that have nothing to do with Sherry Genius, but people would appreciate if I shared. And so like as a marketing you know leader, it's your job to find the right talent that can help advocate on behalf of the company and make you look great and sound great and smell great and all that stuff. And so it's like, how can I run a thought leadership workshop with them, with them, define their content pillars, define their keywords, their hashtags, you know, who they're in alignment with, who they're competing with, like create a little content strategy for the SMEs or the thought leaders in your organization that you want to stand up. And by the way, you can do one, like you can do a, an in-depth one with one person and then run a cohort. So you do like three at a time, you know what I mean? And so those are the, those are the things I'd be thinking about. So in terms of scale, it's more about scaling your time so that you can get more of that creative output. Let's close this thing out by sharing what you think. You have a lot of these conversations with people thinking about starting a media-led, starting a podcast. What do you think the most, like from a mindset perspective, what do you think the most important piece of advice that you can share with people who are looking to enter uh, this, uh, this world in like, what would you say? Like, do this, don't do that. What is it? I would say go into it eyes wide open, knowing that it's never just a podcast. It's never just a podcast. And I, I'll, I'll be honest and I'll, I'll like put an exclamation point to that. It isn't when you think like that because cool shit happens. You just gotta think, think a little bit outside the box. Rachel, this was a ton of fun. Glad we could do this. I learned a ton. I'm sure the audience did as well. We will have to do this again and talk about partners or talk about other some other interesting topic. Sounds good. Thanks, Brett. 
I always enjoy talking with Rachel. She is full of insights, full of knowledge, and has built a business on the back of podcasting, and that's what we're doing here. I think her strategy is sound. I love what she's doing, and hopefully you will all learn something about how to develop a media-led growth strategy. It works.